This is the Partnership Podcast, where we bring you all things business from the Vale Valley, including business news, current issues, advocacy alerts, community conversations, and more. Presented by Vale Valley Partnership. This is the Partnership Podcast. This is Lauren Emenacker, Events and Office Manager, and I am so excited for this conversation today. I'm joined by Rosa Guzman-Snyder and Indira Guzman from the Community Language Cooperative. Not that long ago, we did a webinar with these ladies as part of our community consciousness, diving into diversity, equity, and inclusion series. And today they will share with us how local businesses can take steps towards language justice. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you two? We're doing well, thank you. Thank you for asking. Um, loving, loving the snow, loving the cold in Colorado. So yes, doing good. Well, before we jump into what businesses can actually do, I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about what language justice is, because I know a lot of people haven't heard that term before. Yeah, language justice is a practice um, where everyone has the right to communicate in the language in which we feel more comfortable or most comfortable in. Uh, we like to call that the language of our heart. So it's like a space where social structures are not based on the dominance of one language over all others. Uh, it's, a, it's a space where interpretation and translation are valued tools to opening communication. So that, that's what we refer to as language justice, just allowing for people to express and communicate in the language of their hearts. Yeah, Lauren, and I'll just add to that, given the history of language oppression in the United States and intentional systemic efforts to disenfranchise linguistically diverse communities, we view language justice as one of those practices and one of those tools where we could really advance social and racial equity. Um, and, and that mainly happens in those nonprofit spaces, but we really see um, that movement really coming across in all different sectors. So it's a way of ensuring that we are um, really being uh, racially equitable and practicing social justice in our spaces. That's great. And I think a lot of us, you know, and a lot of the businesses, they want to be doing that and they're not really sure how to. So much of our Vale Valley is composed of small business and nonprofit, kind of a combination of the two. What first steps would you say people could take to start building language justice within their organization, but also within the community? Yeah, so one of the things would really uh, focus on, would really be to focus on relationships. And that is one of the first key steps that we encourage folks to do, right? Finding out who is in your community, right? And what are the strengths um, that folks bring to your spaces, whether that be your business or your nonprofit organization, what are those leadership capabilities that perhaps you're not tapping into because language is a barrier? Um, so we have often seen that, um, you know, when we are able to really foster those relationships with community partners, um, that, that creates opportunities and bridges, right? But when we are, uh, we view language as, as a deficit or we even um, create assumptions about folks that speak a different language, that automatically creates those barriers in our communities. And so we wanna really try to see how we are being intentional about 
fostering relationships, um, bringing across different different folks that maybe um, you wouldn't have thought of, you know, to to participate in your in your programming, nonprofit programming, or even partake in your business. But once we make those spaces, open up those opportunities, foster those relationships, we really see that it's a win-win situation for everyone. And Indira, I know, I know in our presentation when we did the webinar with you guys, you talked a lot about certain things to keep in mind when businesses are approaching this. And would you mind sharing some of those with us? Yeah, definitely. So we, we want to encourage um, organizations and, and any, anyone really who's presenting, and not only to monolingual non-English speakers, but just in general, it, it makes uh, things easier and simpler for everyone when we keep uh, certain things in mind. So for example, literacy, like how can we do nonverbal activities, um, more graphics, more pictures, less text, simple readings or, or try artistic expressions um, so that that helps in creating that space where we could actually build relationships. Um, keeping in mind the colloquial language, like um, sometimes people use a lot of um, cliches. For example, there's more than one way to, to uh, skin a cat or different things that are really difficult to interpret. And, and when we uh, hear that phrase if, if someone who doesn't know that it's a it's a cliche and that it means something else if they're thinking that we're talking about skinning cats they, they could get a little frightened but it, it's better to just use direct language uh, the jargon that we sometimes use just making sure that people know what acronyms mean um, making sure that you're explaining those things before we we assume that everyone knows what they mean um, Cultural icons, avoid cultural icons, jokes, pop icons that don't translate well. Uh, gender terms, agree on terms for gender neutrality and gender expression. And then finally, nonverbal communication, just making sure that we understand uh, cultural norms and that we are responsive to, to different cultures that, are, that express themselves or do things differently than what we're used to. Um, those are some, some great tips just to keep in mind as we present or as we um, invite people who, who, who don't speak the same language or, or have the same culture that, that, that we're used to. I think those are great because it's a lot of first steps that, you know, that a business can take and look at their programming, look at the forms they're using and hiring kind of across all the boards of, of what really are first steps to take, you know, and then obviously be able to dive into it more. I know I learned Spanish from um, a professor who studied in Spain and she would always say, como las vacas me lo traen. And I was like, if you've never been to Spain, you would have no idea that there's just the fields of cows and they're all staring at these trains. And I had no idea what it meant until I went to Spain and actually saw it myself. And I was like, oh, I suddenly get this phrase, you know, but it was, it was definitely a glimpse of probably phrases that I use all the time that I should consider, you know, doesn't translate. Exactly. Yep. And what, what are some of the bigger steps or other steps that then businesses and nonprofits could do to, to build language justice? Yeah, great question, Lauren. So we really encourage business, the business community, the nonprofit community to start by looking at um, community members, particularly those that speak different languages as assets, you know, as, as key community players, right? And not necessarily 
as a deficit um, that needs to be overcame. So we really encourage folks to look at the possibilities of what, um, what involving or engaging with linguistically diverse communities could do for your organization. So, uh, you know, kind of thinking outside the box and challenging some of that status quo thinking. So that would be one of the first steps, right? That we just really like to encourage folks to think out what is possible? What is possible when I engage with folks that don't speak the same language as I do? From that, um, I think we really ask folks to, to start thinking about doing an internal assessment, right? What are the things that I can be, um, you know, if you're a business, what are those services or products um, that I can be marketing better um, for linguistically diverse communities, right? And then if you're in, a non in the nonprofit sector, what are those programs and activities or services that we provide that perhaps uh, have become, have not really come down to community members because language is a barrier? So really thinking about that internal assessment and then start small, right? Um, you know, we have a whole language justice continuum of, you know, are you a language exclusive? Are you language aware? Are you language inclusive? Are you language, um, are you practicing language justice? Chances are you're not gonna move into that, into that justice space within, you know, a, a few steps. It, it takes time, but, you know, start small. Think about that low hanging fruit, right? If there are community members that can really be supporting, um, you know, uh, passing along information or supporting, um, you know, reaching out to other, other community members that speak that same language, we encourage you to start fostering those relationships initially. So it doesn't have to be a huge climb or even something that would require a whole lot of resources from the get-go. It really just begins with the desire to say, yes, absolutely, our nonprofit, our business is interested, not only interested, but we genuinely and authentically want to engage other community members that don't speak my same, the same language. Definitely. That's, there's so much great information. I wish we had time to unpack, unpack this all over a few hours, but are there any kind of last takeaways that you would want to share with the audience as they start diving into this work? Yeah, I'll just share one last comment that we always share out with communities that we work with, right? Language is so much tied to who we are. Language is tied to our culture, our beliefs, the way that we express ourselves, the way that we are, um, that we express fr frustration, love, all of those things are so tied, intrinsically tied um, to language. And so, you know, when we create these spaces where, where people can feel like they are connecting in the language of their heart, we are going to create spaces that are authentic and genuine. And that is a gift to any community. Anytime you can create a space where folks feel like they're welcome and they can bring their whole selves to the table, um, and, and I've seen this so much in the faith community, right? In the nonprofit community and businesses, it, 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 it is just such a benefit and such a gift when folks have that ability to connect in that language that they feel, you know, most, most um, at home with, right? That language of your heart. So, you know, that key takeaway is 
view language as a gift, view language as an asset. Language diversity is, is a um, gift to your communities and you, we need to just embrace those, um, that, that gift that we have. Yeah, and I, I, I will also add, sometimes we hear the term language justice and it feels like a, a faraway goal for us to achieve. So just reminding ourselves that it's it's a journey. It's, it's the little steps that we take to get there and not so much the need to arrive there. Um, so, so creating those spaces for relationship building, um, starting to, to recognize our biases and our assumptions and, and changing the way we view things is, is a good start for, for that to happen. Thank you guys for that. There's, there's a lot there. And I think those takeaways are really important because you know everyone wants to be accepted for who they are and language justice is definitely a piece of that. So you guys are here from the Community Language Cooperative. I know you have a variety of different kind of pieces of what that organization does, um, including consulting and really working with people through language justice and implementation of that, as well as translation for different services as needed. But where can people go to find out more about the Community Language Cooperative? Yeah, we, we have a website, um, so you could find us at www.communitylanguagecoop.com. Um, you'll find our contact information, our email, and we will be more than happy to, to answer any questions. Perfect, and we will put that in the description of today's podcast as well, so you guys can find that there and get in touch with Rosa and Indira. But I would say thank you so much for being our guests on the show today. I know every time we sit down with you, I learn more and more about language justice and what our chamber can be doing, what our businesses can be doing, what our nonprofit community can be doing. So I'm so glad that we're able to share this information with our community today. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Thank you Lauren. Be sure to subscribe to the Partnership Podcast on whatever platform you're listening right now and find more resources at valevalleypartnership.com.